Welcome back to There Will Be Analysis. I'm Nick Ashima. I'm Setsuo. <laughs> and we are Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level! Omega Level. Omega Level. You just gonna stare at me all day? <laughs> no, we're doing? We're just staring at each other? I thought we were letting the intro play out. 28 minute episode. I, I like, we wait in real time for the intro to play <laughs> out. <laughs> so this week on There Will Be Analysis, we're gonna talk about Akira, or Akira. As you plebeians say. Yeah, as you plebeians <laughs> call it, Akira. We're going to talk about Akira. This is the first uh, animated movie that we're going to be talking about on There Will Be Analysis. It'll probably be the only one for Nick. Yeah, it'll probably be one of the only ones I do. I'm not super into anime. I am, like, uh, I'm into animation stuff. Like, I love Disney stuff and stuff like that, but I'm not, like, super crazy into anime. He's a Westaboo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, Akira is such a phenomenal masterpiece that it's like, even I love this movie. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you can't, like, acknowledge this movie. No, if, for, if you've seen this movie, I don't know how you don't find stuff to appreciate within it. Even South Park had a shout-out to this, apparently, which I did not know of until I finally watched it, like, 20 years later. Did they really? Yeah, in the Trapper Keeper, like, 9,000 episode, I think, <laughs> he has, like, this fantastic Trapper Keeper that, like, reaches out and starts absorbing him, and he becomes, like, the amorphous blob that Tetsuo becomes. Oh, my becomes. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Even influencing that. I mean, it would make sense that Trey Parker and Matt Stone like Akita. So this, uh, the movie came out in 1988. The manga came out in 1982? 1990. Well, it, it, it came it, out in 82. It started in 82, yeah, but it wrapped up in, in 1990. 90. So, so the, this movie was produced, like, it went into production probably, uh, I would say, a year, maybe two years before it was it released. It wrapped up in 87, and then the production, it released yeah. in 88. So, yeah, the movie was made while the manga was still going on. So, obviously, they like things are different between the manga and the movie. That's not very uncommon, No, it's not very uncommon, but obviously things are different between the manga and the film. But yeah, when this movie came out, it had like a nine or ten million dollar budget, like U.S. dollars, which made this the most expensive animated production at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you think, can definitely tell. Yeah, I think that's in 1988. That was like 30 years ago. Nine million dollar budget for an animated movie is a lot of money. Back then, nine million dollars was probably a decent budget for a regular movie. This is one of the biggest movies that like introduced animation, or like or Japanese animation, to the Western audience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this definitely broke that through. Yeah, like even Spielberg and George Lucas thought that this movie would be unmarketable. <laughs> when it's Spielberg and Lucas, that probably gave all the studio companies like enough pause to be like, yep, we're not touching that thing. It's Lucas who created Ele THX 1138, which somehow found an audience, which I think it's great. It's just very weird and unique. And then Star Wars, and that guy is like, this won't work. It's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't sign this film. Maybe we shouldn't buy it. He's a Westaboo. <laughs> Definitely a Westaboo. But then he went on to create George R. Binks, and those companies were like, why um, did we listen to this guy? One thing that I really, really like about this movie is, I mean, there's a lot of things, but one thing in particular is that there's not really, like, a hero or a good guy. Oh, no. Like, this is filled with gray morality. There's really no protagonist to the whole movie, right? You expect it will be Kaneda, but he is kind of a jerk. Like, he's a jackass throughout the like whole movie. Every time he keeps pursuing Tetsuo, he's just calling him out on stuff. Yeah, he's just being, like, almost, like, mean and bullying him, even though he, like, when you see memories and flashbacks of him, he does consider him a friend, but he feels like he's someone he has to look out for and watch over, and he never, like, takes the, the second to stop and try to talk to Tetsuo yeah. and see what's going on. I mean, you actually see that in Tetsuo's memories at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, he was always, like, he needed Canada or Canada the yeah. entire time. Mm -hmm. But Canada was always kind of a jerk to him. I mean, yeah, but they're part of a gang. True. Yeah, the, the, the Capsule Gang. The Capsules. <laughs> what a stupid name. Makes sense why he has... Core. Makes, why he's, makes, <laughs> makes sense why uh, Kaneda has that capsule in his jacket. Yeah, well, I was confused about that. I was like, mm -hmm. I guess he's just advocating drug use. Yeah, he just loves Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but they did also have pills at that bar. Mm, yeah, they did. Yeah, when he killed that dude, and then like his friends showed up. Yamagata. Yeah, and then he killed him. <laughs> yeah, Yamagata. Then he killed that guy. 
Ah, yeah, and then Tetsuo, who is like, I guess, essentially the villain of the movie. <laughs> He's definitely a villain. Yeah. He like, put on the cape. <laughs> shows his immaturity, right? So all these kids are like are supposed to be high schoolers. and They soon, all have motorcycles. Yeah, but they're all motorcycles. Uh, somehow they have all the money for this. But as soon as he gets, uh, like, he leaves the facility the first time, right, um, after he has his encounter on the road with uh, Subject 26, I believe it is. Oh, yeah, after their altercation with the clown gang. Yeah, their altercation with the clown gang leads uh, Tetsu was like chasing one of them down the road, and then he comes upon that kid in the middle of the road, and the kid like uh, he's obviously about to get crashed into a motorcycle, so he like shields himself and like blows the motorcycle up, and that trauma like awakens this power within Tetsuo. And then when he breaks out of the the facility that he's in, like one of the first things he does is like, I feel powerful. Let me put a cape on. <laughs> I love that scene though. <laughs> yeah, the scene looks really cool, but it's like that's the mindset we're dealing with. This is the person that has all this world-breaking power. Yeah. Um, the main plot of this movie is once Tetsuo learns of the uh, the previous Esper, Akira, yeah, he Akira. goes out in pursuit to awaken him. Well, yeah, and also because Akira has been like in his mind this whole time. He's yeah. like really annoying Tetsuo. Like, all I don't them, know who that is. All of them have been in his mind. Like, So there's three other kids that are subjects. There's a girl that's in like this bubble Kyoto. glass thing. Kyo- what? Kyoto. Kyoto. And then there's uh, 26, whose name I can't remember. I, think I can't remember. Yeah. Like Masara or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other one that's in like um, the hovercraft wheelchair thing. Yeah, the one that actually <laughs> looks like a businessman. The one that's in Professor X's wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> except it hovers. Yeah, except that, well, Professor X is hovered too in the cartoon. Oh my gosh! It was like the other one that hovered. Remember? <laughs> yeah. So he's in. He. Uh, that's Professor X actually got it from. He got it from him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So those three have all been like kind of inhabiting Tetsuo's mind and kind of like not messing with along him. Along with Kai's. Yeah. Or K's. Yeah. Along with K's, like uh, towards uh, later on in the movie, but they've been kind of like messing with Tetsuo. I guess they're trying to in the beginning like really figure out who he is and what he's going to be about. And when they realize, oh, this guy's just mad, power hungry, and he's not going to be a good person that they realize that they're going to need to try to like reawaken the spirit of, I guess, Akita to try to stop Tetsuo because he's obviously going to destroy everything. He's well, going to destroy the planet. Well, at the beginning, they wanted to avoid a reawakening Akita because yeah. he created that singularity you mm-hmm. see at the beginning, which sparked World War Three. Exactly, but then they realized, well, we can't do this. Like We're not going to be able to defeat this guy. No, because I guess like the older the body, the more powerful or like the more access to the power that they have. Yeah, it seems. It, it, it's what it seems. And well, uh, also, I mean, Tetsuo, Tetsuo eventually stopped taking that medication, which was like mm-hmm. repressing his powers while the kids were still like they like, were still taking it, like mandatorily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Tetsuo didn't have that anymore, and he saw that when he starts the whole mutation thing towards the very end. He just can't control it anymore. Which was just such a phenomenal scene. Like, also just really, really gross. Yeah, very <laughs> gross. Dude, some of the best scenes in the whole movie are his uh, tripping scenes. When he's like freaking out and having his hallucinations, they're so cool. I also love that because it shows that the other espers are still children because they didn't want to fight him. They no, just yeah. wanted to like like scare him into like I guess returning to the facility mm-hmm. so that he could be like subdued power wise like and, they were and eventually probably dissected like Akita. Dude, yeah, that was in an like an insane little twist there when he goes and finally like opens the big like dome thing that has Akita in it, and it's just samples of like dissection of Akira. Yeah, like, this is what happened to him. It's a section of his like brain stem and spine yeah. and stuff. Like they couldn't understand why he was so he was and he was Akira was subject twenty five. So there had to be twenty four before him and none were nearly as powerful until the twenty fifth one. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. Right? Is there be there'd be no universe left to be tons of pocket dimensions as <laughs> as they create at the end of the movie, which is just insane. Like Tetsuo doesn't even get defeated. That's the kicker here, which is what's also awesome too about the ending of this movie is he is not defeated. Akita comes back 
and they, this big bubble starts forming around like him and Tetsuo, and then the kids go in there to like help Akita out, and then like they can't kill Tetsuo, so they essentially create another universe that they all go and live in to save this one. Well, I think That's it was crazy. Like Akita was just like containing him or like. Just taking him out of that dimension, then Tetsuo just created his own little mini Big Bang. Yeah, which is, that's and became nuts. the god of his own parallel dimension. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. That's one of the greatest ending lines of any movie. Yes, I am Tetsuo. It's remi- reminiscent of Genesis. Yeah, it's so dope, dude. Man, Gosh, this movie is so deep. There's so much that goes into it, and the animation is some of the best animation you will ever see. Well, this is this animation is still better than like many like things that come current, out now. Well, yeah. yeah, but. Almost understandably, because like most like modern animes, like that are like serialized television series. True, they, they have, have a have small a, budget. Yeah, they have a budget, mm-hmm. so they have to spread that out through every episode, and they save it for like the more like actiony. Right. Moments. Yeah, they get a certain budget every uh, if it if it works like American stuff does. They get a certain budget every season, and they have yes, to yes. expand that through all. 12 to 30 to 40 episodes, however many they have in a season. That's why you always have, like, in certain series, they'll have episodes, like, right before the ending, like, hey, let's do a recap. Yeah, exactly. That's the way, like, oh, we had to have 30 episodes, but we spent most of it on episodes, like, 1 through 28. All right, recap. We'll just (laughs) repeat. We'll just recap on 29, and we can spend the rest on 30. (laughs) Yeah. So it it is definitely understandable that, like, this would look better than a lot of other stuff, considering that it got such a massive budget for its time. Mm -hmm. And it was just a movie. It's just a two hour production, is all they're going to make. Also, according to trivia, apparently, like, this had 320. 27 colors used which was a record at the time and they mm-hmm. invented 50 colors just for this movie that's how crazy this movie is they invented 50 colors it created colors to make this film possible i'm pretty sure red did not exist before this. <laughs> they created red <laughs> dude there's a lot of shades of red in this movie too oh yeah there's a lot like of red his, his bicycle mm-hmm. it just looks so amazing well not a bicycle motorcycle <laughs> right yeah futuristic motorcycle futuristic motorcycle very large dude his man Canada's motorcycle is so dope and then he just like makes it tacky by throwing on a couple bumper stickers right yeah <laughs> and uh it's a citizen i'm assuming for us watching like american version of it i don't know but they were in english too there was also like english graffiti at, with like japanese under it sometimes sometimes like literally like well yeah just guess, like saying yeah. japanese words like to sound cool or they like saying english words to sound cool sometimes yeah yeah kind of like how american They'll people do that in music also kind of how american people will get like there's <laughs> like this japanese, water like, japanese no, writing or chinese writing tattoos not even knowing what it is mm-hmm. it's like oh this looks cool it's yes. kind of the same thing. It's so weird to me, though, that s- someone else can look at, like, an English word and be like, that looks really cool. Like, it's just jumbled letters yeah. to me. <laughs> Nothing cool about that. <laughs> but I guess when they have, like, an entire different dictionary, like, it looks so unique to them. Also, it might just sound cool to them. True, yeah, yeah. Like, it might just sound cool. Some words do just sound really cool. Like, Nick. Um, mm-hmm. Like Akita. Like Akita, dude. Akita, Tetsuo, Kaneda. Three of the coolest names I've ever heard in my life. Especially Tetsuo. Like, sucks he's such a trash person. But that name is awesome. He's fine. <laughs> He's okay. He's, He's just okay. finding his way. <laughs> He's just discovering himself. <laughs> yeah, discovering that he wants to destroy the world. Oh, also, man. I totally forgot that he flies to space. Yeah, just out of nowhere. He's like, oh, that satellite's shooting me. <laughs> Let me go up there. And all it did was destroy his arm. Yeah. And he reaches but out. And how powerful like was how that? He like reaches out and just like materializes like a me- metal A brand arm. new one yeah. out of like metal and wires and stuff. Yeah, but how powerful was that laser that actually like severed and destroyed his arm? Because at this point, nothing has hurt him. Nothing's coming close to touching him. Well, Tetsu or Kaneda was hurting his pride. His pride, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't in danger like of killing him. He just keeps antagonizing this entire time. Like, like the ending, te- <laughs> Kaneda just keeps showing up at different points. It's like, you again? Yeah. <laughs> just being a thorn in his side. And they're supposed to be friends. It's like, I still, you're being as whiny as ever. Did they ever talk about, like, 
the police station again because I'm pretty sure that dud of a grenade went off like you pointed out. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we ever go back to that, but <laughs> I I did think that was really funny that the a random person there was like trying to blow the whole station up and like I guess essentially kill himself and kill everybody else in there and his grenade just doesn't work so the police take him down and beat him up. <laughs> As they do every time they like subdue anyone in this movie, the police just beat the crap out of them. It's just a gang stomping every time they do it in the they movie. They started following America's lead. <laughs> yeah, right. Way before it happened. Well, I guess way before it was super popular. Well, and this movie takes place in 2019. True, yeah, that was where we are now. That was really funny to see in the beginning of the movie. Dang, that's such a good point. It takes place in 2019, and there's just like police brutality all over it. Yeah, and they're building like an Olympic Coliseum for the Mm -hmm. 2019 Olympics. Uh, 2020, uh, the Olympics are actually going to be held in Japan again. Are you kidding me? They were almost they were so close. Man, I hope they don't build it over Akira. Woo, that's (laughs) not going to be good, as we saw in this documentary. Well, I must say, Neo Tokyo looks a lot worse than current Tokyo. Yeah, Neo Tokyo looks a lot worse than almost anywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of litter there. Yeah, a lot of litter. From what I've seen of real Japan, it's pretty clean. And there was violence literally nonstop throughout it. Oh, yeah. Like, anywhere you go, just something bad is happening. Yeah, like the people that are peacefully protesting. Like, hey, there's <laughs> going to be, like, a revolution. Like, mm-hmm. spray painting the ground, and then just cops move in to start beating the mess <laughs> just out of them. Immediately just start beating all of them up. <laughs> there's, like, three people that are like, get them down. <laughs> <laughs> They never go back to that police station, but when uh, Kaneda and all his buddies get out, he sees that girl in there. He's like, "Oh, she's also with us!" And he calls the um, he calls the police officer there, uh, pops. That like really angry. He's like, "I'm 26 years old. I'm not even married." He's like, yet. "I'm 26 years old. I'm not even married. Watch your mouth." He's like, "Yeah, take her with you." So they leave, and she calls him a skirt chaser, which is a term they use throughout the movie. After that, a lot. It's also very accurate, and it is very accurate <laughs> about Kaneda. That's obviously all he cares about, and all he's doing. But when he's trying to like get her to go on a date with him or go out with him. And she like turns him down and walks away. And in the background, you can see the police station, and then <laughs> an explosion goes off on the top of like the dome from where I guess they would like put the grenade away or something. <laughs> and it actually did work. <laughs> With like those protesters that you see that get beaten up, there's obviously like a lot of discontent between the citizens and the government because there's obviously like clear like corruption. Oh, absolutely. On. Yeah, for sure. Going back to kind of talking about like how there's really no antagonist in this, if there is one character that's kind of not completely awful, it's Shukushima. the It's Shukushima, the colonel. Right, because he's Who just is a, overall just a soldier. Yeah, he's just a soldier. All he's concerned with doing is following his orders and doing what a soldier does, as well as he wants to build Tokyo back up to be he like also just a wants good to place contain again. Tetsuo. Yeah, and he wants to contain Tetsuo. Granted, all the experiments and stuff they're doing on the kids and stuff like that, and how they literally dissected and destroyed and killed Akita, like. Not good, and he obviously had to know we about don't all know that if stuff. They put Akira down on their own because I really don't see how they could have. True, yeah, maybe they didn't put him down on their own, but they definitely dissected his body and stuff, and they held those other three kids prisoners. And they had to for science, and they're do- they've been doing some experiments, right? They're up to over twenty five test subjects, so they've been doing something that he is very involved with. So, like that whole aspect of his character and stuff is definitely not good. But it overall, he's the only one that has like a shred of morality to him. Basically, is what I'm saying. Like no one else really has that. Well, I don't even know kids. if that's necessarily the kids about are a sense of morality. I think it's more just a sense of just like what had to be done. A sense of like duty. Because they're trying to relieve him from his like position. Yeah. Because apparently they don't think he's doing a good enough job. He's like, really, you want to put like those corrupt politicians, like those cowards in like power right now in a time like this? I'm not giving you that option. Yeah, I love that little scene when like just shoot them. the guy walks up to uh, with like a bunch of like military or police officers and he's got like this letter and he's reading it like you know you've been relieved of duty blah blah, blah. and he's like yeah no shoot that guy <laughs> and one of his soldiers shoots him and then all the other soldiers draw their guns and he's like and one of his people gets shot too yeah one of his people gets shot and he's like do you really want to put those politicians in power in a time like this and soldiers are like hmm, no actually that's a good point we don't <laughs> and they just let him go 
Which normally I would also question like his decision on that. Like you're just going to disobey your people like that. Like you are you just looking mm-hmm. for a position of power? But no, like at a time like that, that it had to be done. Right. Especially for us, like from the outside looking in and seeing their um, like the board meeting they had and how dumb and bumbling all those people were. It's like, yeah, oh, they yeah. definitely should not be running anything. He's the only one that seems like he is. Especially that one Bucktooth guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one that seems like a modicum of intelligence. Yeah. And that Bucktooth guy as well. It definitely didn't seem like the. Uh, the revolutionaries that worked for him knew that he was a part of the other stuff. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, he was like playing both sides there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why he starts like trying to put all his money and files away. Yeah, and there's like a heart attack on the way out. <laughs> and along with possibly like overdosing. Yeah, and he, yeah, and probably overdosing. And he shoots the guy that comes to see him. Yeah. Because he's yeah. like, You ratted me out. He's like, What are you even talking about? And he shoots him. The scientist guy, uh, Ryu. Oh, yeah, Ryu. Mm-hmm. Oh, not scientist, the revolutionary guy, Ryu. But I have to say, like, Kaneda's probably like one of the luckiest dudes in fiction ever. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Everything towards the end of the movie, last 30 minutes, just works out for him. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to try and antagonize someone with like the, the power that Tetsuo has. Yeah. And, like, he just gets lucky. Yeah. It's insane, dude. He gets swallowed up inside the blob boom, is able to get out of it. And before that, he like keeps falling around and antagonizing him, trying to shoot him, keeps getting in fights with him, and just barely living through him. Like, yeah. well, barely escaping death. He literally almost Unreal. gets absorbed at the end. Yeah, he like almost like gets how, shot like down how, by a laser, uh, too. Like how Tetsuo's girlfriend did. Yeah. Did absorbed oh man that was awful he's like I, and, uh, I also like how when he did that like Tetsuo's screaming out to Kaneda for help yet again yeah he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's been antagonizing this whole time but as soon as he loses control of his power he calls out for his friend for help exactly I really like that it's really touching actually yeah and he also said that he felt like that girl's pain like, yeah he's like I can him. feel her pain like all oh, that, that kind of messed me up that scene was rough dude yeah, yeah. the score for this movie was pretty excellent all around but especially I think during the hallucination scene Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like the Woo. bear and the duck and mm-hmm. like that car. And the milk everywhere. Yeah, the milk for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, whatever milk. reason. That was weird. Like, well, I mean, yeah, all those hallucination scenes are really weird. And then it comes like to be like revealed that it's the kids that are doing that the whole time. They're like messing around with Tetsuo's mind. It's not like him just like losing control and going crazy. It's them like antagonizing and trying to like scare him mm-hmm. so that he will stay. We already talked about that. Yeah, but well, don't even start with me today. Also, like, yeah, when Tetsuo f- makes his appearance on the streets, like, he immediately gets followers just like just like that. <laughs> yeah, instantly. It's the advent of Akira, he's finally arisen. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, like, their bridge literally just collapses beneath him. <laughs> it's like, well, that wasn't the right person to follow, was it? But this movie also very, like, from watching it, it would seem, you would seem to think very clearly this is heavily influenced, like, visually by uh, Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. But Akira Akira also comes from a manga, which I've never read. Blade Runner came out in 1982, the movie, which is also when the manga came out. So there's no way they could have seen that movie before they released that manga. It's impossible, right? So if Akira is more influenced by the manga than by that movie, then that's just like a mad coincidence. But visually, it's very, very similar. Oh, yeah. Very similar. I, th- I believe, like, I read that this is what introduced, like, Japanese audiences to, like, the whole cyberpunk genre. <laughs> what a great introduction. But, man, like, overall, I just cannot get over how incredible the animation for this movie was. Everything in, like, it's so weird to say, like, everything was so animated. Everything is rough. There's no smooth, glossy lines over things. You know, like, when there's a blanket and someone's laying in bed, it's got all the wrinkles and ruffles, and it's moving as they're tossing and turning instead of just, like, a flat sheet that's, like, a smooth surface. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, everything is so heavily detailed. Well, it's even incredible. In, like, just the scenes where there's just dialogue, like, how normally you would see in most animations, it's just, like, it would be, like, just a still shot of both of them, like, going back and forth. And with just mouth moving. Like, simple mouth flaps. Mm-hmm. But in this, like, you actually see them, like, their mouth is like actually like shaping the words mm-hmm. and like their hands is like moving while they're and their talking. faces are emoting while they're speaking yes. too. like the whole thing is done like it's legit almost like they filmed this entire movie in live action and went back and like all right now let's animate all that exactly how it would look 
know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You know, like, man, it's so detailed. And it makes sense that it took so long to make it. It's so extensive. And as well as speaking of awesome animation, we are sponsored by Ink or Die Studios. Omega Level is proudly sponsored by Ink or Die Studios, a unique combination of a tattoo parlor and hair salon. Located at 270 North Dakota Street by Flanagan's, Ink or Die Studios employs the best artists and stylists around. Boasting a friendly atmosphere, helpful, talented, and incredibly creative staff, Ink or Die Studios is the only tattoo shop and hair salon you'll ever need. Stop in, call, or contact them through their social media accounts today to set up an appointment. Yeah, also, like, this is... I don't know if this is commonly done in Japan or not, but apparently, like all the like dialogue and stuff is recorded before they even animated it. Yeah, that's from what we read. That like that's very common in like American audiences, but not as common in like uh, yeah. Japan for animes. But uh, so like they definitely the reason you would do the voice first is so that when you animate it, you know what that character is going to say, and you can try to make their mouth look like it, which clearly does in this movie. Every time they speak, their mouth is forming the words. Like yeah, usually so well. what I see in like most voice acting things is like you'll see them in a booth, they'll be playing it in the mm-hmm. background, they'll yeah. have like a line that Doing will AD, appear. Like, it's called ADR. AD- ADR, yeah. I thought that was like with live action stuff. Well, with live action it's called ADR. It may be different for animation, oh, okay. but yeah, it's the same principle. I don't do ADR. <laughs> this entire podcast is actually ADR. Yeah, the entire thing. <laughs> how, much, how much wasted effort that would be. <laughs> it's the only reason we put it on YouTube. We'd record ourselves to see how to do the ADR. Oh, man. We went to a studio for that. Like, why are you guys even here? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just pointless. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious, honestly. I kind of want to go do that now and just waste the 40 bucks for an appointment just to see what they would $40? say. $40? Yeah. That's how much it cost last time per hour. Layla, we need you to sponsor us again. <laughs> we need more sponsors. Mm. But yeah, the, you were saying like the, it's them in the studio and they're watching like the animation back and doing the voice uh the voice performance, which for like a voice it's actor, also how they do like sound effects added on. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a voice actor, it seems like that would make your performance easier to see it in front of you to know like how the character is moving and acting. That just looks very tricky to me, though. So, but well, I think it's even more tricky like for a voice actor if you have nothing to look at. You just yeah, have at that the dialogue. Point, they're following your lead almost. True, true. Well, yeah, maybe it would be easier for them. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, it creates a complication either way you do it for somebody. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, there's an obstacle to overcome regardless. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really cool. They did it that way, though. How like they did it in a, a way that's not the typical way that animation was done. Uh, at least uh, anime was done, you know. And also with what you're saying, with how uh, Tetsuo just goes up to space and destroys that satellite. We also earlier in the movie just see him teleport out of nowhere. It's like, oh, he can do that too. Well, maybe not necessarily him. I can't even remember if he actually teleported or not. I think he did like face through that glass, and he was like, he's like, oh, I can fly too. Ha ha ha. Yeah, he like what phased or teleported through something and he, like he didn't even know what he was doing even how it was he happening didn't do it though with like his powers that like then the kids repressed. phased the him kids out the kids definitely yeah. did it because they took like I think they took that girl Kay away yeah oh yeah it may have been the kids that did actually I think about it because they, they do take uh, Kai right Yeah, uh, Kai or Kay I can't remember Kay, how yeah. it's pronounced they like hold her hand and start walking away literally just disappear yeah, and just like, disappear, other like, people just comment on that like, yeah Kaneda's like vanished. Kaneda and whoever was with him like was like they just disappeared and Kaneda's like what <laughs> as he's trying to like chase after him and they were also walking on the water Yes, yeah, yeah, goes out yeah. After me, falls in. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. That gross water. I think he had a dead rat on his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was later on when they're in the the tunnel oh, underneath yeah, the sewer. Trying yeah, to sneak through, and they had that one security guy start. That was disgusting. At yeah. yeah, and how lucky does Tetsuo get in that moment too? That dude crashes into this, or not Tetsuo? Sorry, Kaneda. That dude crashes in the side of the wall, so Kaneda gets up and jumps, goes to get oh, on his yeah. uh, jet ski bike thing, and kind of messes up and it turns to the side and he loses balance and it shoots and destroys someone else coming at him at that point. Like, just the perfect mess up and then he's able to get on and drive away. Well, so he, like, jumped on the bike as it was coming at him. Like, that's just not That's safe. what it was. Yeah, yeah, jumped on it. And then at another point, someone jumps off earlier in the movie when they're chasing the clown gang 
off a full uh, Canada yeah, yeah. jumps off a full speed motorcycle and just starts running. Like, man, how does Canada has luck on his side? Well, he was also like the only reason he escaped being absorbed by Tetsuo is because he had his little laser gun. Yeah, which was just so disgusting. So it's like spitting him out, like mm-hmm. all those, like, ugh. yeah, it was nasty. Those old laser guns are freaking cool, though. Yeah, I don't know that. where he got Mil- that. I can't remember Mil- where he got that. Yeah, so it definitely seemed like either we just didn't see it, or it's just supposed to be understood that on his way to Tetsuo, he picked it up from somewhere. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you see him driving his bike, and he gets off, and then it shows Tetsuo doing his stuff, and then Kaneda is walking up like the little garbage mountain that Tetsuo has created of like all his destruction, and all of a sudden Kaneda now has one of those big rifles with him. It's like, what? what? Wait a minute, <laughs> what happened? But yeah, and then, and then he's like <laughs> trying to shoot at Tetsuo and like literally doing nothing, just irritating him. Yeah, it's like yeah, poke the bear. That's a great idea. Yeah, I like how he like hit him with the battery was dying. Like that doesn't negate that last laser beam. <laughs> 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 he just looks just like a little tiny scorch. Yeah. I'm like, it was still a laser. Mm-hmm. And then Kaneda almost gets destroyed at the end from a laser that's going to come from the satellite, but then like everything gets, the satellite gets destroyed. That doesn't happen. Yeah, I love their final fight. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> just has a laser gun and a sweet motorcycle versus like a baby god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, it was so cool. And then the ending, dude. So, oh, man. It's just like a 2001 Space Odyssey level of just brilliant, genius, like mind-blowing endings. It's not nearly as like just... It's not nearly as confusing, confusing. because it isn't, it isn't going for forty five minutes. There's no, there's no space baby. <laughs> yeah, but it's well, almost, almost, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> it's awesome how that's man. That I just love. I can't get over how that's the resolution. That's so awesome. That like no one's defeated. He's just kind of like transported some to another attempted to transport to another dimension, and he creates his own universe. Yeah, he crazy. He became more powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. He well, he wasn't taking the pills. So yeah, he became like final form. Just I am Tetsuo. One of the best ending lines ever. God. I love it. Uh, let's, are we going to rewatch this now? Hmm? Are we going to go rewatch it now? <laughs> right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go rewatch it. Actually, we're going to add that on to the episode the next two hours. <laughs> so us watching it. Just, thanks for tuning in and watching us. We appreciate it. Um, let us be sure to let us know what you thought of uh, Akira or Akira. <laughs> however you choose to say it. Akira is the proper way. Let us know what you thought about the movie. If you have seen it, if not, does this make you want to watch it? Uh, if you haven't seen it, like we just told you the whole thing. So, yeah, it's great. And now you know. Uh if you have any other ideas for movies that you would like to see us talk about and like discuss, let us know. Drop us a line. We appreciate uh, you watching. Steven doesn't like you. I don't really appreciate he it. He bashes you all the time. Every one of you, I didn't actually. I into the mic at all. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Facebook as Omega Level Podcast. We're on Instagram as Omega underscore Level underscore Podcast, all lowercase. We are on Twitter as at Omega Level PCast. That's the letter P. We are on the Anchor app as Omega Level, and we are on YouTube as Omega Level Podcast. Make sure you hit them all up, and, you know, don't be stupid. Like our stuff. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. 